0: Is my board ready yet? My name is Jason Andre, and I'll be taking you into the sheds of local and legendary surfboard shapers from around the world. We'll be talking foam, fins, and folklore, so put on your dust mask, and please stop asking. Hey, is my uh, board ready yet? What's up everybody? I have a pretty fun, hilarious, colorful episode for you today. If you are offended by coarse language or subject matter, I suggest you skip this one because we are diving into an interview with the drummer for one of my favorite bands of all time, Eric Smelly Sandin of No Effects, who is the shaper of Pickle Sticks surfboards. There are a lot of reasons why I was really excited about this interview because when I first started surfing, I was hanging out with my buddy Tyler Brown and he had a couple older brothers who always had the newest Bad Religion or Social Distortion or No Effects album. And back in the early 90s, surfing and punk rock were pretty synonymous as every surf film back then had nothing but punk rock as the soundtrack. Then as a freshman in high school, No Effects' Punk and Drawbook was the first album I ever bought with my own money, and it was the first concert I ever went and saw with a couple of buddies and our shop teacher as a chaperone. So punk rock kind of became the soundtrack of my formative years in middle school, high school, into college. When I graduated from high school in 1998, I was actually voted most likely to go on tour with No Effects by my high school friends. And then that summer at the Warp Tour, I even got to jump up on stage for punk rock karaoke with the other Eric from No Effects, a drummer from Social Distortion and Bad Religion, Singing Minor Threat. So anyone that knew me back then knew that I was pretty obsessed with uh, punk rock and No Effects and surfing, obviously, so they all went hand in hand. And just when I thought I knew everything about my favorite band, I'm on Instagram scrolling around, and lo and behold, I discovered that the drummer from NoFX is shaping surfboards. So I reached out, and he was happy to chat, so we had a really fun conversation about surfing and shaping and traveling and music. So without further ado, Eric Smelly Sandin of Pickle Sticks Surfboards.
1: Dude, I'm so this is the worst fucking interview ever. I fucking hated Come this. Come on, man. But I'm, I'm going. I'm I'm hanging up. I'm Jason. Nice to meet you. Hello, Jason. How are you, my friend? My name is Eric. Some people call me Smelly. <laughs> and I saw on your website
0: that uh some people, including your dad, maybe call you dickhead.
1: Yeah, that's kind of seems to be my dad's preferred uh uh title for me. And I'm not sure if it's out of love or sarcasm or disdain, but it's something.
0: <laughs> uh, that's all right. My friends and I have much worse names that we call each other.
1: Oh yeah? Like um like what? Like anal anal cum sucker? <laughs>
0: No, uh, kind of more like uh, the Australian. Uh, oh, it rhymes
1: with um, a baseball term when you hit the ball very short.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: Oh, kind of kind of like bunt, but the next letter.
0: People are very offended in this country by that. However, it's a term of endearment. That's right. Down under, so.
1: That's right. If I lived in Down Under, I'd also I'd call my mama cunt.
0: <laughs>
1: Don't do that. What, don't call her a cunt?
0: I don't think you should call your parents, maybe. Well, okay, you just said that's it, only Don't fucking. I was talking about friends.
1: Oh, I mean, a term of endearment a term of endearment, right? <laughs> if my dad calls me dickhead and that's his term of endearment, I, I'm sure I can call my mom cunt.
0: <laughs> I'll let you uh, work that out with her. Hello, you old loose-lipped cunt, you. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's totally fine. Uh, we'll just put a little one of those explicit lyrics uh, stamps on the front of this. Um, so I'm joined here today by Eric Sandon, aka Smelly, aka Dickhead, aka the shaper of pickle sticks surfboards. And Eric is the. How do you prefer me to address you? Oh, I don't Any give, of those? I don't give a shit. All right, you fucking cunt. There we go. Perfect. You sound like my mom. <laughs> Is she Australian? <laughs> She's Irish. Okay, that's close. Yeah. Don't tell them I said that. So I've been a lifelong fan of no effects and I've kind of always followed you guys in your different uh, avenues of interest. And then one day I saw on Instagram or somewhere pop up that you were shaping surfboards. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. I didn't know any of you guys surfed. How long have you been surfing and how long have you been shaping
1: I've been surfing for about 30 years, and I've been shaping for 13 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for quite a while. Right on. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Glendale, California. It's about an hour from the beach, but that's not when I started um, surfing. I started surfing when Glendale, California is uh, right above downtown LA. And I, okay. used, to, I used to, take the, in the summertime, take the bus to the beach, and it would take a couple hours. Oh, wow. You know, a couple times a week when I was like 13, 14 years old. And that's kind of where I got exposed to like, you know, body surfing, boogie boarding, you know, just the waves and like, you know, the magic of it. It just exposed. I mean, I wasn't doing anything other than just being a kook, you know. (laughs) And then um, when I I moved to Long Beach 30 years ago, and then I'm, you know, I live 15 minutes from Huntington Beach, five minutes from Seal Beach, you know, where there's waves. And I started surfing.
0: Right on. So even though you were busing it in a couple hours, what was your local break back when you were a kid?
1: Uh, back, I mean, not local. I, I, was, I was from an hour away from the, from the beach, but I would take the bus to Redondo Beach.
0: Okay. And now is Huntington your kind of go-to spot?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the closest place here to where we get quality waves and consistent swell. And, you know, Huntington is what they call Surf City USA, you know?
0: Yeah, right on. Except for the Surf City that's 15 minutes north of me, we also have a it's actually called Surf City.
1: Oh shit. Yeah, looks sorry like, guys. Looks, looks like we're going to have to meet in Nebraska and fight it out
0: <laughs> at the Wave Pool.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So 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 Huntington, you know, yeah, I mean uh um I'm a local at a spot now, you know, at the Cliffs. Congrats. Yeah, I've worked my way into like hey, hey, hello, hi, hey. You know, I surf the pier every now and again, but the pier's just like we're all fucking all the Johnny hot nuts and <laughs> Mom, moms and dads and sponsors with the fucking cameras and eight year old kids dropping in on you left and right all over the place. <laughs> and, you know, but, um, the cliffs is like where I go to. It's, it's fun.
0: Right on. Where is that? Or is that a secret spot? You can't, uh,
1: let no, us there's nothing secret about it. There's a big ass parking lot on a cliff. You can't miss it. It's the cliffs.
0: Right on. I don't think I've ever surfed up that way. I've been to trestles and I've been, uh, all over San Diego and, uh, up towards Santa Cruz and Santa Barbara, but, um, never surfed LA kind of tried to, to, avoid it.
1: Well, and the reality of it, um, you're not missing much, you know, it's just, just beach break after beach break after beach break. It's, you know, it can have its magic days, but I mean, it's no, it, it's, you know, it like trestles and what, what they offer in Santa Cruz and the reefs in, uh, the reefs of San Diego are much better quality.
0: Yeah. But it's a lot easier to drive 15 minutes from yes. anywhere
1: in LA. Dude, it's weird. It's like, I live in an hour. Like, if I were to get in my car and drive, actually 45 minutes, I'd be in the parking lot at Trestles. And then, you know, the 20-minute walk down. It's I, I, I could do it every day. Mm. I don't. I don't. It's easier just to drive 15 minutes, yeah. you know?
0: Well, it sounds like you got kids, and now you've... I mean, you've got two full-time jobs, it sounds like, playing and shaping.
1: <laughs> There's nothing full-time about shaping. I mean, about playing these days. Well. Nothing full-time about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but the shaping thing is definitely turned into a full-time job.
0: That's cool, man. So you started 13 years ago, but um, were you shaping full-time? Or were you just making yourself and a couple of friends some boards? How did that become what it is now?
1: Yeah, it started off as like, Hey, I want to give this a go. I want, to, I want to try it. So in my garage, I had a little tiny garage. It was about the size of a shaping bay. I made a little shaping bay and I started just hacking out boards. You know, I bought a planer and I bought some tools and some hung some lights and painted the walls and started going for it. So it was for me. And, and after I got my first board glassed, I surfed it. I was like, fuck, this thing floats. <laughs> it, ca- it catches waves. It turns. It's not the best thing in the world, but it worked. I was like, I think I can do this. That's cool. So for the first twelve years, I hand shaped, and then about a year ago, I started uh, messing around with the computer.
0: Very cool. So you have somebody to cut them
1: out for you? Yeah, I got a couple of guys that cut it out for me, cut them out for me, and I've I've had a bunch of my hand shaped boards that have worked scanned, you know. So nice. I've done more boards by hand than I have with the machine, but um, it's rapidly catching up because the machine you pick it up and it's sixty percent done, you know, and it saves a couple hours of work. Yeah, it's pretty badass. I understand the soul, the soul shaping of things, and getting your hands in there and creating it all the way, start to finish. But it's also pretty badass having having like, okay, this board turns really well, but it kind of paddles like a dog when it's when it's small. So let's just tweak the rocker a quarter inch, you know, the nose rocker or something, and and just having that instant feedback.
0: Yeah, you can really make those real specific changes and
1: know that that's the only thing that changed, right? And you could visually see what's going on as opposed to like – Visually see see the numbers in the program as opposed to like holding it and going like, well, I think this is what's (laughs) going on, you know?
0: Uh
1: Uh-huh. It sounds like you know what I'm talking about.
0: I do. I've only shaped probably a dozen boards total, but I've stood in the back of shaping sheds and I've just looked at hundreds of thousands of boards over my life to, you know, try to compare and contrast and
1: take notes and – There's so many variables when the when the board is not machine cut, when it's totally hand done. There's so many variables that you will never even know why or why it doesn't work. Yeah, so many variables.
0: Yeah, infinite.
1: Yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong. I I am. How can I say this without like? um, I respect the art of hand shaping so much that I'm not going to say that I'm a hand. I'm I'm a shaper, shaper, like an art artisanal. Is that the word? Art- artisanal, whatever, like one of those artsy, <laughs> fartsy fucking kind of guys. You know, I'm a guy that likes making surfboards. I'm a hobbyist that has made a few hundred boards that some have turned out really well and, you know, and, and, and trying to get better with it.
0: Yeah. So how many boards have you shaped in total so far? I'm going to guess four to 500 in that zone. Okay. Do you keep like a catalog of them? No, not
1: at all. Really? Not at all. Really? Yeah. I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm pretty like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not that meticulous to where it's like, okay, this is board number 137 and I uh, note notes on 137, you know, board number 137. I might've surfed it once and put it up on Craigslist, you know, <laughs> and board, board number 138 might've been, a, you know, I, I just, I just don't know.
0: So when somebody comes back to you like next year and says, Hey, can you make me the same board you made me last year? And you're like, Oh, wh- well, let me see the old board. And they're like, Oh, I broke it. It's in the trash. What do you do? oh
1: that's a good point um i go off of, i mean i have my old templates i have all these templates you know but yeah that hasn't happened that often it's happened a couple times one of the times the guy had both halves of the board and i just kind of <laughs> measured I, I measured out both halves and kind of figured it out um you know for the most part they're 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 like when people say hey i want this board changed this way if it's the old hand shape it's a really good friend of mine who i have a pretty good idea what the board was in the first place gotcha you know the other ones that i've that i've put together and sold in shops or put together and sold on craigslist i haven't really heard much after that
0: so yeah so talk to me about feedback from uh people you've made boards from do you do you have a go-to guy that is really good with kind of testing out new designs and giving you feedback on them
1: yeah i got the, uh, a friend of my a friend of mine named howard he's a good surfer yeah, I've made him a couple boards and he's like, this one's a dog. And and then I go, okay. <laughs> and then I give him another one. He goes, oh, this one works really well. And then we start going off of that one. You know? And then, you know, also, I mean, Howard's like a really good friend of mine. He's somebody that that I've known for a long time. But also, you know, I've had like just repeat customers give me feedback, like, hey man, this board paddles great. It it gets a little, you know. And tight little pockets, the the nose kind of like the ears kind of dig a little at times and stuff like that. And so it's just a note to myself on that outline, you know, pulling the 12 inches in a quarter inch or or whatever it is. It's just more of a a feeling out process and the communication process for the next batch of boards.
0: That's cool. So when you were starting to shape, did you have specific people that you looked up to or like a specific mentor? Did anybody show you what to do?
1: Well, when I started shaping, it was just me in a garage and a a Ben Ipa video. Oh you know? yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. You know, and, 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 and like, you know, he's talking about using the, the planer and feathering it in and feathering it out. Like as you're going up and down the board, I found it, I found out, I mean, it's a side note on your question. At first when I was using the planer, if I'd feather it in and feather it out, I'd take big chunks out of it. <laughs> so I, so I would just like keep it at like, a, like, you know, like at a sixteenth of an inch, and just keep planing it everywhere the same, and then, and then do the thinning out with a sure form. So anyways, the first, like, I have a friend named Mark Curley, who is a local guy. He's a local shaper. You know, um, very, very, uh, he's like one of those guys that does a lot of everything really well. Like, if you need a fence in your backyard, he'll make you a fence. If you need your car lifted, he'll lift your car. Uh You know, he's really good with, with tools and shit. So he helped me out a lot but it was as I started like meeting people through the glass shops and, and other shapers that I would meet through the glass shops that I was actually able to like start talking to and like pick their brains and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I, like I have a, there's a local shaper named Barry V, Barry Um, You know, he's a South African guy. He's about my age. He's been shaping for, I don't know, 35 years or something. Uh, he's really fucking good. And he has helped me out more than anybody. And then, you ever heard of the the shaper tim stamps i have not okay well he's a local guy it's really really good he shapes for a few of the pros on the on the tour and you know he probably i mean he's been doing it for 40 years you know yeah so i just got to meet uh and and become friends with some very good local shapers and so i'm like hey i got this board it does this it does that if i got questions they'll say try try this try that try the fins up a quarter inch or back a quarter inch or you know,
0: and are those all guys you've met through just surfing around the area?
1: Yeah, yeah, just from being around the area. Yeah, surfing or through, or through like you know going to the glass shops and hanging out, not hanging out, but getting my shit done. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like you, you probably know. It's like the more you immerse yourself into one aspect of life, the more um, you know you start meeting other people that are in that life, and, it's, and it just becomes a little community. Yeah. And this guy Barry V, he has helped me out immensely like really immensely and, and you know he's a he's a great guy.
0: So he's your he's your go to when you're like in a in a in a pickle. Sorry, no
1: pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I I have hundreds of times sent him texts of like these rails are too boxy. What should I do? Or uh you know, the fins are here. Should I put them at three sixteenths or should I put them at a quarter? You know, like all of these things, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I have found that the guys that have been shaping longer that are more established or are more up to giving information than the guys that are like they think they're the fucking cool new shit that have <laughs> that have been shaping for 13 years like myself that think they've got it all figured out.
0: Uh-huh. I feel like that's pretty similar to I don't know the music world too maybe. <laughs> for lack of yeah. a better reference, you get your old guys that are like willing to just hang out and jam and do whatever and then you've got your
1: hot rock stars that are it's kind of like I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to shred. Right. It's it's ego based, you know. Yeah. yeah I get that. I get that. Yeah. That's oh. a good analogy.
0: Where did the name pickle sticks come from, and why do you have a creature from the
1: Black Lagoon It's your logo? <laughs> <laughs> well, pickle sticks is great. I, I, I'll I'll send you a picture of it. I don't have it today, but um, the second board I shaped was a six zero or a six one Simon Anderson inspired fish, quad fish. Nice. Yeah. And it came out really good. And I painted it green. Like it was supposed to be seafoam green, but it came out more of this pickle green. And so it became my pickle stick. So if i am going surfing with my buddies, like, Hey, what are you riding today? I'm like, I'm riding my pickle stick, you know? And for some reason, the name pickle stick just sounded so fucking catchy that I was like, fuck it. That's the name I'm going with. You know, (laughs)
0: that's awesome. That's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so pickle stick is the, um, it's inspired after the board. That I made, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Ever since I was a little kid, that was like the monster that I was like, "Ooh, that is a fucking badass monster." <laughs> that, and you know, and he's kind of pickly looking. He's kind of green and warty, and <laughs> you know. So I said, "Why not?" I guess if I were to ever describe
0: the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon as a vegetable, it would definitely be a pickle or a fruit, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Wait, what is a pickle? Uh, it's, it's a cucumber, which is technically a
1: fruit. No, fruits hang off of trees. I thought fruits just had to have seeds. Oh, maybe is watermelon a fruit? I guess you're right. We're gonna have to look this up later. All right, Siri, what's what's a cucumber? <laughs> oh, but then, but but you can also make a pickle out of carrots and radishes. Oh, and- uh, true.
0: Yeah, we're really just being kind of pickle racists right now.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> You're so correct. So, anyways, yeah, the, the creature from the black hole. And I thought it's, it's just a fucking badass monster. So that was that.
0: Yeah, and I uh, just saw recently too. You're uh, doing some cool glow in the dark posters with the creature
1: that you're uh, signing, right? Yeah, fuck, dude, I got about. <laughs> I got to get signing today. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna text you a picture of the pickle stick right now. Um, <laughs> I I just found it. Um. All right. Awesome. yeah, I'm gonna sign off a bunch of a bunch of fucking uh, posters today. Yeah, I got this really good artist, this guy named Steve Carranza, Steve who, Carranza, who's been a board painter for a long time. He's a fucking great board painter and, and a gnarly artist to begin with. Mm. And uh, we did a collaboration to where we printed a hundred posters of these glow in the dark on thick cardboard stock. I mean cardboard poster I don't know if cardboard's a word, but like thick poster stock paper nice and they're silk screened like five or six colors, like wow. a, a, a legitimate, expensive poster, yeah, and uh, printed a hundred of them and each one is signed and numbered, and they went up for sale the other day,
0: yeah, I already snagged mine actually, oh did you really? yeah, I think I got number seventy six or Holy there were
1: 76 shit. left. Oh, dude. That means you got twenty. Oh, you just missed the personalized autograph once. You got number 24. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> no, no. I got it held true. The first 20, you just missed it. I'm sorry, bud. Uh, I, I went on as
0: fast as I can. The internet moves faster than I do. I can't help it. <laughs> All right. Uh, is uh, Steve going to sign him too?
1: Steve, yeah. He signed the bottom of him, like by where the – yeah, they're – on the very bottom, there's like a quarter-inch like border. We're each signing them real small, but then the, the customized ones, I'm going to put like two, blah, 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 and then that. But, yeah, they're all signed and numbered. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll sign and number yours too. Yes! That's right. <laughs> but, but you got to stop calling, calling my mom a cunt. I can only call her a cunt.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. I didn't call your mom a
1: cunt. Oh, you didn't? I called you oh. a cunt. All right. So, anyways, that was that was a weird side note. (laughs) So, as
0: far as surfing goes, you know, I always have these grand ideas. When my band was touring, what band were you in? A little folk rock bluegrass band here on the East Coast called the Mid Atlantic.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: We uh, just really toured regionally, but we we had the man. We had the opportunity to go to the Marshall Islands once, and. Of course, I was thinking, yeah, we're going to play for an hour and I'm bringing three boards. Right. And
1: <laughs> wait, where the fuck is the Mar- South Pacific, right? They used to use that for bombing practice. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, there's
0: really good waves there. And I had a friend that was a nurse there for a while and she was like, yeah, the, the, uh, I don't know if it was the military, maybe somebody, they just had like a fund for like bringing any kind of culture to the island because it was a bunch of, pretty much americans right working on bass right and so uh what's that what's that called what's that organization that provides entertainment for oh uso or whatever yeah i think it might have been something to do with the uso or just the marshall islands version of it so so then you went down there you played
1: your little folk song for a couple folk, for a couple no, hours
0: we didn't fucking play we didn't go because i don't know why somebody's work schedule got in the way and then somebody else's work schedule got in the way. And then by the time we we're like, okay, let's book it. They're like, sorry, we've already moved on to somebody else.
1: Oh, dude, those guys fucking blew a great opportunity. I mean, just to go somewhere else. Was, and, and how oh, that sucks.
0: Yep. Anyway, the point of that story is I had great intentions of bringing my boards along on the tour and you've been with no effects for, I don't know, decades. Yes. You've been to some really cool places. Did you ever bring your board? Were you allowed to bring your board? Did you even have time to surf?
1: No, I mean, it doesn't work that way, dude. It's 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 yeah. Like let's say let's say okay, we've been to Lima, Peru. We've been to Peru. Point Break after Point Break after Point Break, right? Yeah, it's right by Kachuma or whatever like that. Yeah, Chicama. Yeah, whatever it's called. Like those all those left points, right? No, dude, you fly in or you drive in or however you get okay. there, yeah. You go straight to the hotel, you get a couple hours of sleep, you go straight to sound check, you fucking play, you get on the bus or the airplane at 7 o'clock the next morning, and then it's just over and over and over. You don't really get to see much. The only time – I mean, I've surfed in Australia on tour because we had a couple of days off on the Gold Coast. Nice. Just rent a board and just paddle out wherever we are, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, we played right across the street from uh, the Kira Point. Uh. I mean, literally, it was <laughs> like a, a surfer's clubhouse. Yeah. Like, uh, hall kind of a thing, uh-huh. literally like a hundred, I don't know, 200 yards looking at it and it was going off. And I, and I, not that I had the ability to surf that big fucking barreling steep takeoff wave, you know, uh, it doesn't matter, man. It's torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was great watching it. Th- I mean, I'm not lying through the windows while I'm sound checking and they're going like, fuck, come on, please. I just want to go look, you know, <laughs> I'll go body um, surf body it. Something. But the only time I ever did any kind of like surf trip out of a tour is we played Indonesia. Oh, wow. In Bali? Yep. And our lap, we played the, uh, what's it called? Oh, the hard rock. And I had my boards, I had three boards shipped out there, like two months, you know, because we had like a two-month tour. And, and Bali was our, last, was our last show.
0: Did you extend your uh, plane ticket home, hopefully?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. And our guitar tech did too. He's from Costa Rica. Oh, cool. And fucking really good surfer really good surfer. And so we, uh, got off stage at two in the morning and at seven in the morning, a boat picked us up and we went, we went East. Oh, sick. We went Island hopping for two weeks.
0: Yeah. Did you like Lombok and Bawa and all that? Exactly.
1: That's exactly where we went. We start, we started off at shipwrecks then so went, went to deserts then went to Eka's then all the way to Scar Reef, super sock.
0: Yeah, man. I think we were on the same boat different times.
1: What boat were you on? Oh, I have no idea. It was friggin' 20 years ago. We were on a tiny little, like a little, like tiny little sailboat. It was like, and it was called, I don't know, Seed Street Nora Nora. It was, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was me and the guitar tech and, and two Indonesian guys, you know? Oh, wow. It was really small. It was cheap as fuck and it was ghetto as fuck, but it was, it was rad. I quickly learned that, um, some of that shit is well above my, uh, level of surfing
0: above your pay grade
1: dude especially after like not surfing for you know how it is if you don't surf for a couple of months and then you hop out in the water
0: oh man you're liable to throw your back out or pull your dude, shoulder out or just freaking just, face dive
1: right no paddle strength no paddle stamina your timing and positioning is going to be off because you, you know what i mean so so yeah i caught some good waves but i also got fucking drilled and <laughs> and was like why am i here you know
0: should have gone to the, uh, the bunny hill first.
1: Yeah. The boat picked us up at seven in the morning mm-hmm. and at noon, like we made it to the first break shipwrecks. Have you mm-hmm. been there? Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. I don't think it's known as particularly as a like super heavy wave, but we got we got there with pretty much no sleep, not surfing for two months, pulled up in our in the little dinghy, you know, because the boat anchored, you know, I don't know, half a mile away and bang, motored on in. Mm-hmm. And there was like 10 or 15 guys in the lineup and it looked like shoulder high. We're like, okay, cool. We hopped out without even like watching you for a set or watching anything. <laughs> and I'm not fucking lying within like 40 seconds. we got sucked past where those guys were sitting because the, the current was so bad. Yeah. Straight into the impact zone and 15 foot faces, not, not, not like, you know, you know just big ass chucking waves just just. Dist- like immediately into getting caught inside and just destroyed like within the first 30 seconds. Oh, man. And it took the wind out of me so much that when I finally made it out the back, the tide was dropping. And since it's in between islands, it's like a river. Oh, yeah, dude. The currents there are gnarly. I could not get back to the lineup. I was like 100 yards away from the lineup the whole time just trying to just stay where I was. That's brutal. Yeah, and then some German dude who had even, he sh- shouldn't have even been anywhere near being on a, on a surfboard, comes drifting right past me. And a boat on the <laughs> way to rescue him picked me up. And then we went about a quarter mile down the reef and picked this poor German up that his eyes were like the size of a f- f- fucking headlights. <laughs> like he was getting pulled out to sea.
0: Oh, yeah. The uh, Indonesian surf gods were about to
1: claim another victim. That was my – literally, that was my first experience with Indonesia in the first 30 seconds. I was like, I'm going to fucking drown. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you catch deserts? Yes and no. We did, but I had broken my board, so I couldn't serve it. Ah oh, man. Yeah. My board, the board that – I mean, it was fucking fire. It was, it was well above my pay grade. It was above my buddy's pay grade, who's a ripper. There was uh, these uh, Canary Island pros there. Mm-hmm that it was probably double overhead and just fucking chucking. And they were catching all the way from the outside to the inside. So I just sat in the boat and watched and filmed.
0: It's a good wave to watch if you're not going to surf it. It, And it's another one of those where like the tape. I don't know if it was like this when you were there, but when I was there, it was like a chest high roll in. And by the time you got halfway down the wave, it was like two or three feet overhead. And then by the end, it was double overhead and just kegging
1: on six inches of raw coral yeah it was the swell was much bigger like it was (laughs) when no i would much rather have had that because that sounds fun and i could have brought out another board
0: yeah
1: you know and then kicked out halfway through or tried to Uh um when we were there like like you could just see the lines stacking in and it was just like man no no, thank you
0: so did you get to a point by the end of the trip where you were comfortable and getting barreled or what
1: We sat at – did you go to um, Sky Reef?
0: Yeah, I almost got my face ripped off there. Dude, how gnarly
1: is that? Fucking – how sharp is that shit?
0: It looks really perfect until you are out there by yourself and the tide's gone out because everybody's paddled in because they know what's about to happen. And then a set comes and you dig a rail and yeah.
1: Yeah, because that wave – okay, so we we sat at Sky Reef for like four days and it was pretty much just us. Like there was like this was, fifteen years ago when we went maybe mm. fourteen years ago, and there was a camp where every once in a while like guy one or two guys would paddle out then paddle back in. Yep, yep. So it was challenging at first uh-huh. because we didn't really know where to sit and it was pretty big and pretty scary. And the takeoff was okay, but then it would immediately huck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, like you coast in and it almost seemed like you you could just just like you know come up and do it off the lip.
0: Yeah, that's, that's where I fucked up because I was like, oh, I'm going to do a little kick stall here. And then my inside rail dug and, and yeah, it's like pulling off a dry reef down yeah. below
1: sub sea level. Yeah, so so to answer your question, yeah, yeah I, I caught a few good waves where I was like, whoa, that was fucking rad. But, but once again, it was just like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing here half the time? <laughs> I caught good waves at um, inside Eka. Did you go to a place called Eka's? I don't think so. We went to Super Suck. Okay, before you go to desert, and then we went to a place called Maui. And then Maui, we went to Eka's. So it's like a big bay, and there was an inside wave that was like was like trestles. Oh, and, and I had it by myself, and I caught a lot of really good waves there. There was an outside wave, like up higher around the point that was a little heavier. But anyways, I quickly learned that, it's no joke, it's pretty fucking heavy. Mm. And uh, if I was to go to Indonesia again, I would strategically place it to be around more User-friendly waves and not so like, you know, if you fuck up, you're getting your face scraped off.
0: Yeah. I think that place is called the Maldives, and it's on the other side of the Indian Ocean.
1: And I've been there, and it was fucking amazing.
0: Oh, have you? Yes. Awesome. I'm
1: getting ready to go there this summer, hopefully. Dude, that place was insane. Great waves, cool culture. I would go there again It was in, in a fucking heartbeat over Indonesia.
0: Right on. Well, I've got one more spot on the boat if you want to go in July. Ooh, where are you guys going? What area? <laughs> we're going down to the Southern Atolls. That's where I was. No way. Yeah, yeah. So was that your favorite surf trip ever?
1: Yes, yes. Right on. When, when were you there? Uh, seven years ago, six years ago. It was my last surf trip, actually. We went to a, uh, there's a way Southern Atolls, went to a place called Lamu, L-L-A-M-U. And the wave that we surfed predominantly was called Geek. Um, y- ying yang, Y-I-N-G, Y-A-N-G. And it was fucking great. Easy it was great because it was easy takeoff, like nice big fat push. And then it has and then it would then it would stand up like like, you know, five seconds after you took off. And then um it's a right and it would actually turn into a left. It was the weirdest fucking thing. What? Yeah, because it would it would bend around the corner, it would bend around a shallow part and it would kind of crumble on itself. And then it would reform, and then go to a left on the inside.
0: No way. Yeah, it's pretty fucking weird. It's like a surf surfing a half pipe almost. <laughs> That's cool, man.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Scar reef though. Scar reef on the inside. Like, uh, if you ride it too far, then you you know you fucking fall or whatever. And it's you know a foot deep. Those ra- like those Freddy Krueger razors. Oh man. Uh, the guy that we were with, that I was with. Just barely dragged his hand across it and he came up and his hand was fucking bloody.
0: Oh, yeah. We had a guy, it was just me and my buddy from South Carolina and like four Aussies. And one of those Aussies got just lacerated across the back there. Just looked like a murder scene across his
1: back. Uh, uh, Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. All right. We're boring everybody with this talk about (laughs) fucking war stories. (laughs)
0: So back to making your boards. Are you doing any of the uh glassing or airbrushing? I've seen a couple cool uh color stripes and things. Are you doing any other parts of the building process?
1: I'm doing some of the painting, but real fucking basic stuff like some of the rails or some of the like you know, the foam stains, like the paint smears, you mm. know? The real e- the real easy stuff. But when it comes to like the artwork, artwork, no. No. And the glassing, no way. I want nothing to do with that. Have you ever tried? No. Uh, you know, I mean, I've sat in there and watched those guys do it and it, they make it look fucking easy. They make
0: it look so easy.
1: Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't want, like if I make a board, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to ruin it on a stage that, that I don't know how to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, but it sucks here though, right now, because it takes about a month and a half, two months to get a board glass right now. Cause everything's so fucking busy. Yeah. That's, you know?
0: uh, kind of where I'm at. I just started shaping again recently and I sent you a couple of those yeah. uh, photos of me trying to do my first board ever with like four channels and a huge concave and I'm trying to do like cut rail laps and it's a nightmare.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's art in
0: itself. Yeah, that's- and like any art, it takes hundreds of tries and years of practice and
1: – yeah. What
0: better time than the present?
1: <laughs> I was talking to a guy that glasses my boards and he just hired a new guy to help him glass. And, and I asked, I go, how's the guy doing? He goes like, eh. And he goes, it'll take him two or three years before he knows what he's doing. Wow. And he goes, you really got to take, it takes a long time until you're like, you know, he said, it's, it's you don't just pick it up and go. There's mm-hmm. a lot to it.
0: Yeah, and I guess in a production factory like that too, you got to be really efficient. You got to be knocking boards out.
1: Yeah, time is money, you know? Rackspace's money. It took me two hours, I think, <laughs> to glass my board. Oh my that was God. just the bottom. Yeah, those guys fucking just throw that shit down.
0: It's, it's pretty wild. I remember as a kid watching some of the guys back in the factory at home in the Outer Banks. And, man, they were just whipped through it. Like, they didn't they didn't need two hours. They didn't even need 45 minutes. They could, they could do a whole board in 15 minutes. And, you know, they had six boards lined up.
1: Yeah, no, it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. You know, so how did your channels turn out? Was it hard hard to uh, get it to you know in the corners?
0: Yeah, the channels turned out terrible.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was in the middle of it. I was feeling confident, and then just nothing was working and going to plan. So I kind of panicked, and I took a razor and I just sliced right down the middle of each channel to kind of relieve the tension. Yeah. So I'm gonna have some work to do in the sanding phase, which is already a nightmare with channels. Yeah. Um, So that was board number one. That was a few days ago. And then I did my other board last night and that went a little bit better. I I called one of my mentors and was like, how do I do this? And he gave me some really good advice about, you know, dry fitting it first, Ah. kind of breaking down the fiberglass a little bit, putting some uh, like pieces of wood in there to really stuff them into place
1: before putting the resin down. I've heard that on on channels though, like – if 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 you don't have on on the inside, if you don't have soft like like bevels, you know what I mean on the inside. Mm. If it it's really hard for the glass to take. Like like you want to make it just nice and soft, the curves on the inside, where where yeah. it comes up to the edge of the channel.
0: Yeah, that part is probably yeah, it's probably part of the problem because I've you know made them razor sharp, deep. Yeah, it's just I, I'm I'm envisioning how I want the board to end up looking, and you know, having never glassed it before, didn't really know, didn't really know that. So that's a good, pe- that's a good piece of
1: advice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's what my shaper mentor guy said, said like, when you do it, then when you're finishing it, when, like, when you're down in the, in, in the channel on the part where where it's raised, you know, where you just cut against, mm. like use a radius and just, just soften that, that, that little L up.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, otherwise this is going
0: to get filled with resin too. Yeah, and that's another problem. Or the glass like pulls off of the resin and you either have air bubbles or you just have a really thick.
1: Yeah, glass doesn't like sharp edges.
0: No. Right. It certainly does not. Right. All right. Well, next time I talk to you, I want you to have glass to board. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate how fucking hard it is.
1: Oh, dude, I do. That's why I want nothing to do with it. And that's why I don't want to ever go to Scar Reef again.
0: (laughs) Cool. So
1: how many boards are you
0: making per week now? You say it's kind of become your full-time job. Obviously, the music industry is in a terrible place right now. Uh I've seen you guys do some backyard shows, but you're full-time shaping now.
1: Yeah, I just picked up over this weekend, I picked up four four orders. So I'm probably doing four to six boards a week. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty I mean it's it's a continual thing, you know, and and then like um every once in a while I'll put a, a like a on Instagram, I'll go, "Okay, for this week, you know, boards are, you know, 10% off or whatever. And then I'll get like an order of 30 of them in two days. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a quality problem, but it, but what it, what it does is I start sitting in bed going like, okay, okay, what am I going to do with it? Wait, what, what, uh, what is, whose is what, you know, like my brain starts going and oh, man. okay, I got to drop this one off at the painter, but is that the one that needs to get painted? Or is that the one that need that is, you know, a resin, resin tint. <laughs> it's fucking hard.
0: It sounds like you need a tour manager for shaping.
1: I got a nice little spreadsheet going. Oh, nice. But it's it's not like Excel or anything like that. It's handwriting. So if somebody changes something, I got to cross it out. And then it becomes just a big fucking ink mess. Uh,
0: do you have like an official order form?
1: Uh... Kind of, yeah. I mean, I just made one on my fucking computer where it's just like age, height, weight, skill. What are you looking for? What do you want for the glass job? You know?
0: Nice. Are those on your uh, website? No, they're not. No, this is just something I use when I talk to people. Gotcha. So you're filling them out yourself. Yeah. Have you had any cool clients, like any of your punk rock rock star buddies hitting you up for boards? Any, anybody interesting?
1: Uh, I'm shipping a board tomorrow. I just finished the board and I'm shipping it to, you know that band No Use For Her Name? Oh, of course. Rory, the original drummer, who's a pretty fucking good surfer. Um, I'm shipping him aboard. Right on. Yeah, I just made him. He lives in, in Lake Tahoe. Oh. And, and there's waves there. He sent me pictures of like shoulder high point break waves. That, no that reel way. Off, yeah, that reel, like freshwater lake waves that reel off of this island out there. And he sent me pictures. That it's a legit legitimate waves.
0: Yeah, because that place is super deep. Lake Tahoe is almost a couple thousand feet deep. Yeah. And so I guess if you get a nice north wind, it's like
1: surfing in the Great Lakes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's all wind dependent. And he looks at the charts. and He looks at the weather patterns. And he does what everybody else does that lives near the ocean that surfs.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's great. Are there any special modifications that you're making for uh, fresh water? Are you making them like out of epoxy or?
1: I asked them because I know the fresh water isn't as buoyant as salt water. Right. And I asked him, but he said, no, he wanted, I made him like a seven zero, kind of like a um, little fuller nose, like almost like a mini, mini longboard nose, but then pretty crisp pin in the back, you know? Huh. So, so it's real teardrop shaped. Yeah. Um, but now nah, he, he wanted a 7.0, 21 wide, two and five eighths, like pretty thin for like a fun boardish kind of a thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. He's on the, uh, the mid length. Yeah. Uh, fad that's going on right now. Dude, those things work. They really fucking do. I know. I accidentally got a 6.5 Maurice Cole. Which one? Last summer. It's the reverse V twin pin. Okay. So when, you, when I saw that picture of the board you sent me, I was like, is that a twin Lincoln, yes you're like
1: yeah <laughs> yes it is but that one's that one is uh,
0: 7.9 okay yeah mine's much shorter than I think most of the mid lengths
1: are yeah I, I wouldn't consider yours a mid length I consider mid length starting at seven zero. Oh.
0: yeah I, well I've been riding a 5.6 for the last five years so fuck dude that it is, feels like a mid length
1: <laughs> yeah dude a 5.6 I wouldn't even I mean
0: fish like five six fishes doesn't
1: matter man that is so small for me you know i'm 54 years old my get up is not like what it used to be my (laughs) paddling's like dude that's such like if your foot is a quarter inch too far forward or too far back you know it's just yeah such a small small platform yep that's why i don't ride it anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah maurice cole is a really good shaper
0: yeah, it's funny, man. I never really paid much attention to him until I heard a podcast with him on it uh by a couple Aussies actually. The ain't that swell podcast? I don't know what that is. Do you listen to those guys? No. Dude, they are fucking hilarious. They are great. Anyway, they're both like editors for different Australian surf mags and have been for like 20 or 25 years. Um but they they have on Australian pros and shapers and they do live shows. Uh, they're hilarious. You got to check them out. Anyway, sure. they they had a Maurice Cole episode and he talked about his reverse V's and I was like, "Wow, that's cool. I never really thought about that." Reverse V so the
1: so the rails are lower than the stringer, so it's like a, a a hard concave but with a a V. Uh
0: the name is not necessarily accurate. It is a V in the bottom. So It's convex. Right. And it's throughout the whole board until you get to like the back third. And then it goes into the four channels, similar to the board that I was
1: making. Oh, okay. Because the name Reverse V makes it sound like it would be um, you know, you take a V and flip it upside down and try and surf that.
0: Yeah, I don't know where that name came from or why isn't it just not a V. (laughs) Just a quick interjection because I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't already know this. A V is what we said it was, a convex V-shape throughout the bottom instead of a concave that in a bygone era allowed big, heavy longboards to go rail-to-rail a little bit more easily. However, they would also tend to slip out in bigger, heavier waves. And so back in the 80s and 90s, Maurice Cole started taking that V shape in the nose under the chest in the first third of the board and rolling that into a double concave or in the case of the reverse V twin pin, which I'm a big fan of created four channels. So you get that V that helps the board go rail to rail, but then you get the double concave or channels to allow you to dig in and hold in
1: bigger, more serious surf. He's, he's good. And I, he's, he's been doing it for a long time and his, his, mid-length or bigger stuff is i think i mean he's on the right track in my opinion because he's an older bigger guy as well yeah my theory on surfing is 95% of people are on boards too small yeah if you can't get in and paddle in at a nice glidy pace you know for yourself and stand up when before the wave is chucking you know and get your line if you're struggling struggling to get in you're not surfing, you know? And I think everybody, most everybody who's on board is too small. Like, I was never good shortboard, per se, shortboard, shortboard guy. Right. There's not enough glide. you got to be right on the right on the peak and right in the power source as opposed to, like, yeah, if you're a little on the shoulder or if you're a little this or that. Or even if you're a little too deep, you're getting in early enough to where you might be able to make it around that first section.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the waves aren't always absolutely perfect which is what a lot of those boards are designed for the short boards and the thrusters like you have to have a wave that has power you have to have a wave that's kind of kind of perfect and most people are not surfing those waves and they're not obviously they're not pros so they're not really
1: made for those boards right and what works really good for Taj or or whoever it may be will not work good (laughs) For <laughs> for ninety nine point yeah, nine percent of the rest of for us, for fucking for local local dipshit that, th- that thinks he shreds, <laughs> yeah yeah. You know, so many people are hooked up on how small is the board and how little is it, and it's just like you're doing yourself a disservice, man.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you know? yeah. As they say, bigger is better.
0: Yeah. So, speaking of which, what, what are you riding these days? What's your uh, favorite board?
1: My favorite board is. Speaking about bigger, is uh, it's a seven zero. It's twenty two wide. It's three and an eighth thick. Wow. Yeah, it's a fucking big dog. <laughs> Short board rocker, with fish, fishy outline, and it works in a lot of stuff. It's it's flat to V V in the in the last like third of the board.
0: In the tail nice
1: flat to v um it works really 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 fucking good in a lot of conditions
0: what kind of fin setup do you have on it
1: uh thruster i'm a thruster guy okay yeah i use futures do you have
0: a favorite fin
1: yeah i actually do it's it's there's this there's a fin company called naked viking surf
0: yes i've heard of them
1: okay uh they got this thing called the apex series i have The JL larges for the side fins and then a a little stabilizer. So it's more like a a 20 with the stabilizer.
0: little two plus one action.
1: Yeah, it's super fast and loose. Um, Yeah, Naked Viking Surf, man. Those fucking fins are awesome and they're about half price of the other companies. Oh, really? Yeah, 80 bucks compared to 150 bucks for a quality like, like G10 fiberglass foiled fin set. Yeah, cool. They're substantially cheaper, and it's not because they're made out of not as good of a product. It's they realize like we're we're getting ripped off, you know. Fins
0: don't when you're fins don't (laughs) fins cost half the price of your board, like right. Something's up, right?
1: I mean, fins don't need to be 130 to 150 bucks a set
0: unless they've got Julian Wilson's name on them. Then they got to pay Julian. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, (laughs) you're right. You're probably right about that, but Julian, you're doing all right as it is, buddy.
0: I want to know when the Pickle Sticks 2 plus one's coming out.
1: Actually, I've been in talk to Naked Viking. I'm saying this stuff because I'm not an ambassador to them. They're just good fins. But they said, hey, man, if you guys ever want to do a collab, it'd be rad. Cool.
0: Hey, if they ever want to sponsor this podcast, I'm down to try some fins.
1: Yeah, you just want freebies. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't we all? Yeah, that's that's what it comes down to.
0: <laughs> that's cool, man. So, And is that what you've always written or is that just been like a step up since you've like I have or how I feel like I've been sitting at home for the past year getting bigger and
1: <laughs> not serving? I've always gravitated towards bigger boards. Like the board before this was a 6'8", 21 by, I don't know, 2 and 7'8", or something like that. Yeah. You know, just, I'm fucking 54. I'm a middle-aged. I'm, I'm not even middle-aged. If, <laughs> if 54 is middle-aged, that means I'd live to 108. I'm th- yeah. No, you I'm, got it. No, I'm three quarter aged at best. Oh come on, know? man. So I, I, I need a little more foam, and it makes my experiences more you know f- better. It really does, you know. So yeah, I've always gra- gravitated towards bigger boards, even when I was like 30 years old.
0: Yeah, what were you riding back then? Six
1: six. I guess six six, twenty one, two and a half. I think was my numbers.
0: Okay. So like, basically what I'm riding right now.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like I said, if you're not you know, the thing is, if I'm on a 6-6 or I'm on a 6 when I'm on the wave, the 6-6 is not limiting my ability. Right. I'm, I'm not doing airs. I'm not fucking blowing the tails out. You know, I don't need this little chippy thing underneath me. I want glide, pump, and some, and some cutbacks.
0: Yeah. I don't want to work. I want to have fun. Right. I want to catch as many waves as possible.
1: Uh, you know, people don't need boards at 21 and a quarter liters at, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, just fucking get a fucking surfboard that surfs. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, it's true. It's I funny because it's true. It's just my opinion. It's just my opinion, you know.
0: Any other uh, rock stars around there picking up boards? Has Eddie Vedder ordered his
1: board yet? Ben Harper? That's funny. I've surfed with Eddie Vedder before. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, a couple times. He's a cool guy. Nice. Working on noodles from The Offspring. He surfs, he surfs really well. Uh, have you ever, there's a video out called, he, they, have, they had a song like 20 years ago called Don't Mess with DaHooey. And, really? Yeah, and and there's videos of him out surfing with Johnny Boy and no Son, and Sonny and and Kala. This is it, Kala. Yeah, Alexander. Kala
0: Alexander. Yeah.
1: yeah and, and in the video, they're a pretty big. Holly Eva, and 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 Noodles gets a barrel on it, like a pretty good sized barrel. Yeah, wearing his glasses for the video.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. And so it is. So they have a little strap on it. On on those glasses. Yeah. I don't. He had to have right. I guess. Yeah. Um, So, but anyways, other than Roy, no, no, no rock stars have gotten my boards. I'm I'm actually going to be making a board for the guitar player for No Doubt's son. If that... That counts. Yeah, Tom Dumont's son. Does that count? Nah, kind of. I mean, No Doubt hasn't done much in the last 20 years. So tell me, if somebody wants to
0: order a board from you, how do they contact you?
1: The best way to do it is just go on Instagram and just shoot me a... What do they call it? What do the kids call it these days? A DM? Uh,
0: a, di- a direct message. Send
1: me a direct message and then I'll get back to you and we we'll start going. Or go to Pickle Sticks surfboards That's with an X. Pickle Sticks surfboards at Gmail and shoot me an email. That's the best way. That's the easiest, most direct way.
0: And is your Instagram just
1: PickleSticksSurfboards? It's PickleSticks underscore. I think. I gotta look at it. I don't know if it's Pickle Sticks Surfboards or PickleSticks underscore. Let me look real quick. Sorry, I should have done better research. Jerk. <laughs> Hold on. I'm looking. It is pickle sticks underscore. I guess I should have had it with with, with surfboards. No, it's pickle sticks. And then the line below. Yeah, and then if they send me a, a direct message or an email, I'll get back to you. And we start chit chat. That's great. So,
0: does No Effects have anything going on?
1: Uh, well, we had a new record just come out last week, and um, we are starting next week another new record. We're going to start recording. Cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It took us five years to get a record out, and now Mike wants to put out two records in one year, I guess, to make up for that big void. Making
0: up for lost time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start recording a new record coming up. And then we're talking about, you know, we don't really have any shows coming up per se, but I mean, it looks like Australia is starting to lighten up and we might be able to go down there at some point. Um, Europe is starting to get better and they're talking about starting to open venues again. I mean, it's been such a weird year. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if all that shit gets canceled because we've heard that before, you know? Mm -hmm. But there are talks that shit's moving in the right direction, you know? I just want everything to get better, but I also want to make a living. It's weird being unemployed.
0: Yeah, I bet. I mean, is that really what's going on? Are you guys
1: collecting unemployment checks? Yeah, I am. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, it sounds weird to say, punk rock pays well if you're in a big band, but it doesn't pay like, Rock and roll well, right? And if I'm not touring, I'm making no money, you know. And yeah, and you know, let's say I, let's say I have a good year, and then I, and then we have a year off. That good year needs to last two years. Taxes take fifty percent of the money, and you know, and it's 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 tough. It's really tough, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's I wasn't financially or emotionally prepared for early retirement.
0: You think that's what this is?
1: Well, it's kind of the way I'm looking at it at the moment because you never know how it's going to go back. You know, it was it was a forced early retirement. It was the um, you know, your boss coming in to you and saying, "Hey, we'd like you to hand in your res- resignation letter or we're going to fire you." Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, not quite that drastic, but but you know, I haven't been able to really work. And yeah. it sucks. I get it. I I really 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 get it, but it it's you know, it's uh taking its toll yeah and i'm sure
0: i know mike probably gets a lot of the songwriting royalties do you guys have any passive income through the stuff you guys have done there
1: is a little bit not a lot a little bit in royalties but um not enough to survive right. on records don't sell anymore i mean we i used to make what's a record <laughs> yeah exactly you know like the song like the money is generated off of spotify plays and that kind of shit yeah and it's really weird and and um the whatever their fucking system is. Like it's hard to understand. So yes, there's a little bit of passive income, but I'm not talking thousands of dollars. I'm talking, I might get a check for a couple hundred bucks here and there. And you know, 20 years ago, I, you know, half of my money, my annual money was made off of royalties. Now Mm. that's completely gone. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough time. Yeah. It's rough,
0: man. What are the other guys doing in their spare time right now? Melvin's raising his four kids.
1: Hefe is acting. Oh, you know that t- you know that TV show, The Mayans. No, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's a spinoff from um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's just and Hefe just got a reoccurring role on that. No way. Yes, that's <laughs> fucking. I don't know how often it's gonna it's gonna reoccur, but it's it's more than one episode. He told me a reoccurring role. Right on. Yeah, and Mike, Mike's just doing whatever Mike does. You know, walking around with a butt plug up his butt or something. <laughs>
0: Uh, did, didn't Melvin have a coffee shop at one point in time?
1: Yeah, that was like 30 years ago, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, he opened up a coffee shop, and then Starbucks opened up across the street. No way. Yeah. Uh. And that you know that was when Starbucks all of a sudden was becoming like the, you know, like, oh, Starbucks, when it was like, had some something fancy tied to it. Yeah. He had it for like four or five years, and it just ran its course. Here's a little funny story about that coffee shop. Sure. He bought it off of... It was already an established coffee shop, and these two young guys owned it. Melvin bought it off of them for like thirty thousand bucks or something like that, or sixty thousand—I forget—for like an established running business. Uh Those two guys took that money, moved up to the Bay Area, and started a little company called Earthlink. That was one of one of the first like web server kind of things, and those two guys became some of the youngest billionaires ever back then. No way. Yep. That's crazy. You remember Earthlink? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, that, that was uh, spawned by partially Eric Melvin's money. Good job, Melv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the money went the other way. I supposed to, <laughs> he should have started Earthlink.
0: Oh, man. He should have like, gotten some percentage of that. Like, hey, this is, this is my investment in your company. Right. I'm relieving you of this
1: coffee shop and I'm getting a piece of, of the pie. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious.
0: Anything else that you want people to know about you? Anything weird? Any other hobbies? Anything, uh, anything
1: else? No, not that I could think of other than I like calling my mom a cunt. <laughs> it's a term of endearment. Which we've already established. Right. I was just fucking hit at home. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. Just in case she missed the beginning.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, mom, listen to this podcast <laughs> all the way through. No, man. Um, I mean, I, I, I want to say this. I love shaping surfboards. I love getting into a room and closing the door and shutting out the world and just being at one, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you feel like it was a good, like, place to go, especially during COVID? And you're, you're in LA area, which is pretty gnarly right now, or was. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what it's like now. But, yeah. like, did you find it a good
1: kind of meditation to go in there and, and shape? Yeah, it is. It's it's like, you know, like not being able to tour, not being able to do this or that. And just part of it is too, is just having something to do. Yeah. You know, because my wife has a gnarly full-time job. And if I'm just sitting around the house on the couch, just fucking watching TV and she comes home after a hard day's work, I'm like, yo, babe, you missed, you missed the best episode of, you know, Ricky Lake, <laughs> you know, or, or what, you know, I have to participate. I have to be busy. I have to like, yeah. you know, so it, it gives me purpose. It gives me something to do. It's it's clears my head, you know, and it, it's just – it's really helped me out through these trying times. Right on, man. Yeah. That's really good to hear. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah.
0: Well, man, I'll uh, I'll look forward to seeing you guys hopefully on the road at some point. And I uh, cross my fingers. If you go to Australia, if things are still kind of the way they are now, you got to quarantine there for two weeks.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that on a Zoom call yesterday, like – we would be willing to go down there and sit in a hotel room for two weeks to do a two week tour.
0: No, you go for a month and you tour for two weeks and then you surf for two <laughs> weeks. For me, well, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you in Australia?
1: No, I wish. Oh, um, but we still have to sit. In, we still have to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel room before we do anything. I know. So it's a month and a half. Commitment. Oh shit! All right, sounds good to me. For all of us that can't go there, I will. Well, you know, what I'd rather do is just go to the Maldives and fuck the quarantine and just have a good time.
0: I'm leaving at the end of July. How long is your trip? 10 days? 10 days. How much does it cost you? Mm, Probably five grand total. But we got delayed from last year, so technically I've been saving for like three years. See, I would
1: so do it if I had an income.
0: Shape some more boards, man. Come on, cut those things out.
1: Hey, babe, I know you're working really hard 12 hours a day to keep the fucking roof over your head. I'm going (laughs) on a surf trip.
0: (laughs) Well, you can say, look, these other 10 guys are doing it.
1: Uh, that's true i could do that but do you do that but do you have a daily nine-to-five job Uh, i do there you go that's the difference son of a bitch sort of what do you do
0: well right now i'm doing a lot of uh photography and videography uh, mostly commercial real estate which is super fun (laughs) (laughs)
1: do you get like hot chicks hot chicks in front of like a commercial real estate like for lease sign
0: no no, That's not what I'm, all
1: photographers do? I've defi-
0: literally taking pictures of empty houses.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: So I have been able to work through COVID, um, but things have kind of slowed down now. And, you know, some days I'm doing interviews with shapers. Some days I'm shaping. Some days I'm actually taking photos. So my wife, who also works her ass off, is like, hey, you going to get a new job or you gonna <laughs> keep, <laughs> are you going to keep – or are you going to step it up? I'm like – it's going to get busier, I know it is.
1: I promise, Just, I promise, I promise. It's going to get busier. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you too. Listen dude, I got to I got to jump off the phone because I have a guy coming over to pick up a mid-length surfboard.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks so much man for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Send me a couple photos of yourself and maybe some of your boards and I guess you said you were texting me your that that pickle.
1: Did are you looking at you look at your phone right now? Uh yeah. That's the second board I ever shaped.
0: It looks like a JS.
1: Ah, because it has a JS sticker on it, you dumbass. <laughs> I know. It, it looks like it's a Channel Islands. It looks like it looks like that's uh, a... Al- it looks like it's got Almeric signature on it. That's what I was it, just gonna say. <laughs> oh, we got similar handwriting. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> well, that's it, man. That's all I got. It was really good speaking with you.
1: My pleasure. I hope this interview was worthy, and I hope it didn't get sidetracked too much no it was perfect sounds good dude I'll talk to you soon I hope alright man have a great day alright bud so are we just hanging up here is that it what's up you got something else dude I'm so this is the worst fucking interview ever I fucking hated this come on man I'm going I'm, I'm hanging up
0: Another huge thanks to Eric Smelly Sandin over at Picklesticksurfboards.com. You can reach him at Picklesticksurfboards at gmail.com if you want to put in an order. And you can keep up with all of his antics on Instagram at Picklesticks underscore. Check out the new No Effects album called Single Album over at their website, noeffectsofficialwebsite.com. And the song you're listening to is from the new album and called Linoleum. Super original, guys. Keep up the good work. Love ya. Gents. Bye. board ready yet